We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that libertarian death squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Lori Lightfoot told voters not to vote if they weren't going to vote for her. Lightfoot was talking about her challengers and she said this. Any vote, any vote coming on the side side for somebody not named Lightfoot is a vote for Chewy Garcia or Paul Vallis. That's it. If you want them controlling your fate and your destiny, then stay home. Mm. Then don't vote. Later, Lori Lightfoot said she misspoke. She said she meant to tell them to please vote by calling 1-800-BITE-ME. Well, ding dong, the gremlin's gone. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Rose James Madison, and Beetlejuice is out. Now, uh, uh, housekeeping at the end of this episode, but to start off with uh, the northern uh, Michigan area that I stay in lost all power. Fucking love that. And uh, we didn't get it till Tuesday, and then for some reason the internet and the cell towers were all still down for a couple extra days after that, so... I'm officially back. Uh, unfortunately, pretty much all of my aquarium animals passed. Uh, I was in Ohio when the power went out. As soon as I got back home, too cold for too long. But my snail survived, so, you know, 
that was the thing I didn't think would make it, but it made it. So my snail's Gucci. It's got a big ass tank to itself now. Change that eventually. I'm probably gonna get another snail or another fish. But sad shit aside, let's get into celebrations. Chicago Mayor Lightfoot ousted Vallis and Johnston in runoff. Let me zoom in real quick here. How is it so zoomed out? Oh, I was I, I know why. I was got it. Paul Vallis and Brendan Johnson will meet in a runoff to be uh runoff to be the next mayor of Chicago after voters on Tuesday denied incumbent Lori Lightfoot a second term, issuing a rebuke to a leader who made history as the head of the nation's third largest city. Ooh, yeah, we'll get into her damn legacy. But, let's hop on down here. Got a little video here to watch. This is Ground News, and we have a couple articles to get into. It's just, god damn. Can you just take a moment real quick? Look, like, let's just hop over here real quick. This is Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, this is Lori Lightfoot not even so long ago. 2012. Lori Lightfoot today, dog. Now, all of what I'm about to say following this is allegedly alleged, with all the allegedly's allegedly, where they allegedly belong allegedly. Now, allegedly, I'm going to allegedly allege that drugs and corruption does shit to a person. <laughs> Selling your fucking soul, dude. Jesus Christ. You know, those jokes about women becoming lesbian only because they get too ugly for men to want to fuck them? Lori Lightfoot really puts a challenge on that stereotype because you find me a hardened lesbian who hasn't licked a lot of puss in a lot of time, and you put this creature before it, and you you tell that lesbian, yeah, here you go. You're going to see the equivalent of a man in the desert starving and dehydrated throw a bottle of water <laughs> into the distance and reject it. Yeah, ugh, God. I just want to know what the fuck happened. You know, this is from the Windy City Times, but... Young lesbian lawyer. Damn. Damn, dog. By the way, there's like this famous picture of like a, a young Lori Lightfoot, and that's a Photoshop. She never looked that good. <laughs> Let's check this out. Let me turn the volume here. Let me just uh, do this. So thank you and, and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this room because I felt every step of the way on this journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their That wasn't me. That was the footage. I don't know what that is. Victories and advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors mm-hmm. in these last few months. Um, but I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. Thank you. Mm, the Pope and the seed. All right. All right. And do we have a different clip to play for you? Formidable, uh, hmm. Nah. First in company at BTFO'd that hard. Now we're going to hop over here to a local PBS affiliate, WTTW Illinois, right there in the home of where Life I was. Ooh. Uh, that's a full. Mm. 
let's uh let's just go from here oh just disclaimer scrolling down here 20 hours ago one day ago and then over here one day ago so the most recent article is a high factuality center article from a local news outlet in the area so we're gonna go use that that's how i picked the article to start with today Spotlight politics. Vallison Johnson headed to April runoff. Lori Lightfoot lost her bid for a second term as Chicago mayor Tuesday. As former Chicago public school CEO Paul Vallis uh, and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson advanced to a runoff on April 4th. Quote, uh, quote, it has been the honor of a lifetime to be mayor said Lightfoot, the first black woman and gay person to be elected Chicago mayor question. So, she's a black woman, but when but when it comes to being gay, she's she's not a woman, it's a person. Look, I, I normally would just write it off, but, you know, with the thing, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe her pronouns are per and son. I just have to double check. Maybe she's one of those fuzzies. Hmm. Lightfoot spent much of the campaign asking voters to give her a chance to finish the work she started before the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> Please, all the rise escalated the job you're getting done. What are you talking about? You achieved everything you wanted to. The city's on fire. You can you you carried along the, tra- the tra- tradition of Democrat rule ruining Chicago since the beginning. Uh, what, what do you mean, Lori? You're just going to blend into the array of shitty, corrupt mayors. Just like what we deal with out here in Detroit, where it's like, yeah, there's Kwame. Uh, there's like one guy I liked before, but they did one term. Uh, shit. They all kind of just bleed together, don't they? Actually, no, there was one really good mayor of Detroit. I just can't, I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm not going to go look it up either. Ahem. <clears throat> 2019 pandemic and the economic collapse it triggered staggering Chicago but she was unable to overcome the serious headwinds caused by surges by the surge of crime in Chicago that began as the pandemic swept the city and shut down schools and businesses according to unofficial results from the Chicago Board of Election Commissions, Vallis led Tuesday's race with a 34% lead. Johnson was at 20% and Lightfoot at 17%. BTFO, bitch. Addressing a packed house at an Austin campaign event Tuesday night, Johnson told supporters, quote, We have shifted the political dynamic in this city from blue to blue. Quote, We finally... We are finally going to retire this tired tale of two cities. Johnson said to the loud cheers, quote, Paul Vallis is the author of The Tale of Two Cities. Oh, well. You're fucking funny, aren't you? In his victory speech, Val, <laughs> in my victory to the runoff speech, my fucking not first or second place necessarily, but not third. Yes, in your victory speech, Vallis touted his record-leading school districts across the nation and vowed to restore true public safety in Chicago by restoring residents' trust in the Chicago Police Department. Quote, We will make Chicago the safest city in America. Ooh, buddy. That's a big fucking check, homie. You better be able to cash that shit. Vallis said, echoing a promise made by Lightfoot throughout the campaign. Quote, 
I'm running to be the mayor of all Chicago. Our politics team of Heather Sharon, Nick Blumberg, not Bloomberg, but Blumberg, and Joanna Hernandez takes the Chicago municipal election and more. And that is the end of this article. Now, very clean, very sanitized, very nice, very wholesome. Also, don't forget, by the way, their uh, head of the Chicago's head police officer, a sheriff or whatever the fuck, he said, now we'll be getting into that too. See, what is it? Uh, police uh, superintendent, that's who it is. Now let's hop over here, and, and this was such a clean, sanitized uh, episode, you know that you love it. Let's see, is there a speed thing? Oh, nice. Garcia Wilson, all out, but where do their voters go, and who is he? The early frontrunner in this historic runoff between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. As a focus of tonight's Spotlight Politics, and joining us are Heather Sharon and special guests Nick Blumberg and Joanna Hernandez, our extended Spotlight team tonight. Let's start with Mayor Life, which she came out at about 8.45 last night and conceded. And regardless of tonight's outcome, we fought the right fights, and we put the city on a better path. No doubt about it. That was the mayor behind that head there, Heather Sharon. So the news of the day, David Brown, her handpicked superintendent, resigning, not unexpected. She stuck with him for four years through controversy. Did that do her re-election prospects? It, it didn't help because every other candidate in the race said, day one, job one, fire David Brown. And he has basically jumped before he was pushed. And I think it is not something that we should look overlook. That pretty much the only thing Paul Dallas and Brandon Townsend agree on in terms of public safety was that David Brown had overstayed his welcome here in Chicago. And whoever is Chicago's next mayor, their first job will be to find a new police superintendent. All right, so very uh, expected uh, news today. And uh, Nick, you were a friend of Johnson headquarters last night. Where the... After the way da- after the way James Craig just stabbed Detroit in the back to try and become his fucking governor on a failed attempt, I'm sure he's looking for fucking work. Perhaps tap his ass. Just a recommendation. <laughs> oh come on, fuck off. I know one person. I know one dumb fuck who really was like, oh, Craig's gonna be the governor. Are you retarded? This dumb fucking clown couldn't show up to any fucking event. Furthermore, by the way, I called that shit early on when he announced, I'm like, he's not gonna show up to any events. He led by saying we need to get the feds involved to help with violent crime in Michigan. You never invite the fucking feds in anywhere because they never leave. You might as well casually invite a couple of rats and some cockroaches into your fucking studio flat, you fuck. Jesus Christ. And then homie was like, I don't know about the whole constitutional carry thing. No reason he even started softening up his stance on it is because fucking Ryan Kelly showed a foot up his ass when he said, hey, yeah, constitutional carry from one end of the mitt to the other. Go fuck yourself. Sorry. I will never skip an opportunity to shit on Craig. What a fucking joke. Great what he did for Detroit. Fucking clownish fucking fool when it comes to gubernatorial candidates. James Sturt was stronger in his 2016 attempt, and that was a fucking joke and a half on its own. The progressive candidate laid out his vision for tackling disinvestment Chicago's so-called Tale of Two Cities before knocking Paul Ballas' record. This is the truth about Paul Ballas. He has literally failed everywhere he has gone. <laughs> in fact, Paul Ballas is the author of the Tale of Two Cities. So he finishes, Nick, about 70,000 votes behind Paul Vallis. What is his path ahead now? I think he started to lay it out in that speech last night in his interview with you tonight. He wants to shore up his progressive bona fides. He wants to shoot off votes for other candidates that didn't make the runoff. And he wants to draw a really stark contrast between himself and Paul Vallis. He spent a lot of time last night laying out how his life experiences, growing up with financial hardships, teaching in you know low-income communities, have informed his vision for the city. He offered an olive branch to voters of unsuccessful candidates, saying, I'm going to work hard to earn your support, thanking the other candidates who ran, calling it an act of public service, even when they disagreed. And he did go on the offensive against Paul Vallis, saying that his record on education is a failure in Chicago, in other cities where he's been school chief, like New Orleans, you know, 
Johnson said that Vallis was responsible for an exodus of black educators. So I think that's going to be his road forward. Whether he can garner enough votes to be the winner in April, that is something I will answer in five weeks. Yeah, yeah clearly going to go after Vallis politics and being back. Although I wonder if Vallis is going to take the same tack against him. It might not be the strategic choice that he makes. Speaking of Vallis, he came out last night speaking about his Democratic bona fides as well. I am a lifelong Democrat. Uh... And for some of you who remember one of the most dynamic progressive legislators, Dog Clark Metz, she was my mentor and my boss and my friend for two decades. Heather, very clearly defining his progressive bona fides because someone tried to paint him as a conservative. He finishes ahead, but does that necessarily make him the frontrunner right now? I don't think so, because every other candidate in the race besides Paul Vallis and Willie Wilson declared themselves to be some form of progressive, which means they are at least open to hearing what Brandon Johnson has to say. And because there was so much media attention on Paul Vallis as the frontrunner during that first round of voting, we don't know how many votes were cast yesterday against Paul Vallis rather than for another candidate. And Brandon Johnson stands to gain those votes. Yeah, and some of those votes uh, went to Chewy Garcia, who finished in fourth place. Uh, Joanna, you were at uh, Chewy's headquarters. Let's take a look at his concession speech. To each and every one of you, thank you for believing in me, for believing in our mission, and thank you for everything. Damn, Chicago's fucked. They say we don't want Jesus here. Get Jesus out of Chicago. Damn, Chicago. Y'all really don't want to be saved. Tell me how y'all feel. Choi, Jesus couldn't get in. God damn. God damn, they rejected the saving light of Jesus. That you left on the field today. Very proud of you. Let it pound. See, see. Obviously, he's very well known in progressive circles. Fourth place finish is a big disappointment for him, isn't it? No, it really is. And you know, I have to say, I did speak with his family member yesterday. She was really hoping that Chewie would be the title becoming the first Latino mayor of Chicago, but he fell short. There was a lot of factors that played role into that. I think, and we talked about this before, uh, Paris, that he was banking on getting those votes um, because of his long-standing career. I mean, he's been in the game for what almost 40 years, and I don't know if he showed up in the community the way that he showed up back in 2015. I do have to say though that he did take the time to thank uh, and congratulate Julie Gutierrez, who's becoming the first Latina to represent the 14 ward, and that's been some, a big part. Completely of unrelated. Completely unrelated. I love Hawaiian shirts. This kid right here. Single-handedly has one of the coolest Hawaiian shirts I have ever fucking seen. Randomly, not related at all, but that is a cool fucking shirt. Thing crown other yes. winners than he has himself. Oh, he is a congressman. We and that's been part of his mission, right? Uh, paving the way for other Latinos and people of color to be in these positions. All right, uh, so Nick, uh, we've talked to a few uh, older folks that the winner race is out, right? But there's still a lot of in the air because of the runoff. How do you see this council race is shaping up? I think it remains to be seen whether there's a big progressive wave. There's a lot of questions about runoff elections, about remaining mail-in ballots that haven't been counted. You know, progressive incumbents had a pretty good night. Progressive challengers or progressives running for open seats. That kind of remains to be seen. Uh, you know, for example, in you know the 14th ward, that's that's a big victory for progressives defeating the Ed Burke-backed candidate. But there are other runoffs with really large races where it's going to depend on you know whether. Uh, Alright, that's about enough of that. I was hoping you'd get more of a sense for who the other two candidates were, but we're gonna move on. Right? Yep, we're gonna move on. Now, Lori Lightfoot did not take this L laying down, as that clip and that article would like you to believe. Oh, she went on to say, if you're not gonna vote for me, don't go out and vote, period. Oh, and then she blames racism and sexism. Please. I love people trying to depict Lori Life with like she took this shit gracefully. Oh please, get yeah, real. She took this shit like a poor skinny petite white chick who's never been laid before takes the entire NBA after party. Didn't take it well and swelling and bruising to the um ego ensued. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot blames racism and sexism for election loss. Oh, shames. I'm a black woman in America. Lightfoot said when asked if she believes she, she's been treated unfairly. Of course. Bitch, you allowed Chicago to crumble. I can't even say that. It's been a shit. Uh, it's been a shit city since its inception, but... God damn, dog. Cry harder. A Roberto Wakewell Cruz, my man. 
I, he's my one of my favorite writers. I read a ton of his articles, so hell yeah. Following the Democrat Party, uh, Democratic Chicago Mayor uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot being eliminated from Chicago's mayoral race on Tuesday evening, Lightfoot said that she lost her re-election bid because of racism and sexism. <laughs> Bitch, please. <laughs> when asked by a reporter if she believes she has been treated unfairly, life would say, quote, I'm a black woman in America, of course. Before adding that serving as mayor has been the honor of a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. It's so unfair, bitch, that you beat multiple white people to become elected in Chicago. And not only that, you like to think you took power, took credit for Trump not getting ele- for losing the election, right? So... If that's the case, clearly black people have a voice in America. If you're so powerful that you single-handedly played such a major role in not getting re-elected, what are you talking about here? Former Mayor Lightfoot. And uh, what, what does this make you? Or, or, or if black people are this oppressed, but you got in this position of power, are you like the fucking, you know, house worker? I don't know what you thought I was going to say there, but you know. Is that what you are? Is that, is that like, like, like what? There is no way to bring this down where it doesn't end horribly, either for you or the people you're trying to lift out of the mud. And let me tell you, man, it just doesn't fucking work, right? The whole supposition that, oh, I'm, I'm an oppressed woman, even though you have all this fucking power. I just, I, I fucking chuckle at the density of it. When asked by a reporter, or you read that, Let's see, right? Same thing we watched. Let me just uh, do this. So thank you and and thank everyone so much. I've already watched that. Quote, regardless of tonight's outcome, we fought the right fight and we put the city on a better path. Lightfoot said, path right towards the dumpster fire behind 7-Eleven. That's also on fire. Lightfoot has not been afraid to inject race into her politics several times throughout her tenure, including... Into the lead-up to the election. Oh, she's going to run again. You fucking know it. Quote, I am a black woman. Let's not forget. Life. Mm, baby, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me hear you, sister. Ah, let me fucking smack the side of my head for some stupid fucking reason six times. So tell me about you being a black girl in America, baby. We're going to get canceled. Ah, oh, who am I kidding? That cancel crowd's getting canceled. Uh, let's not forget. Lifefoot told the New Yorker in an interview that ran last week, quote, certain folks, frankly, don't support us in leadership roles. You mean, like, pretty much all the old, white, rich, deep-pocket people that run the Democrat Party? Sort of? Kind of see you as, like, a token? Is that, is that who you're talking about? I'm assuming that's not who you're talking about, but I'm assuming that's who you should be talking about. Lightfoot was officially eliminated from Chicago's mayoral race, having not qualified for the runoff election that is to come. Quote, obviously, we didn't win the election today, but I stand here with my head held high and a heart full of gratitude, Lightfoot said, while touting her administration's non-existent progress on public safety. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Lawyer Life Food concedes. I will be reading and praying for the next mayor. That's what we just watched. Let me just uh- God damn. Alright. Lightfoot served as mayor through twenty twenty, which saw riots across the United States and defund the police movement. 
that was a uh, movement that destabilized several cities, including Chicago, as well as the pandemic, which saw Lightfoot partying in the streets after Biden's victory in 2020 and just days later re-implementing lockdown measures ahead of Thanksgiving. According to Chicago Sun-Times, quote, violent crimes in the city spiked by 40% since she promised uh, since she promised during her inaugural address to end the epidemic of gun violence that devastates families, shatters communities, holds their hostages to fear in their own homes. Of course she didn't deliver on that. What the fuck do you think she would? This bitch went out and got her fucking hair done while she was telling you to stay home. Her, Gretchen Whitmer, which is really funny, right? Because she's a mayor. But when you think back to just like the worst, the worst leadership during the pandemic... She's right up there with fucking governors, dude. You think of, like, Gretchen Whitmer. Think of the power disparity between the assholes that come to mind, right? You get G- Governor Whitmer. Fucking, I met this bitch, right? I worked at a black suit and tie restaurant in a dump we call downtown Ann Arbor. We call Ann Arbor a dump to begin with. But she came into this very fancy restaurant, a very historical building. And first off... My grandpa was already a nurse. Now, he didn't die from getting COVID, but, you know, he was a nurse for a few years and, you know, took care of him. Lived for many, lived for multiple, multiple, multiple years in nursing home without any issues. And then I'm banned for going to the nursing home and I would go in before and after work to take care of him. You know, feed him, you know, make sure that he, he was fed and everything was taken care of. Look at his charts, make sure that, you know, his checklists were carried out, that he had a clean set on it. Because, you know, these nurse homes, they never really follow up. And it's all too often that people just get dumped when you're supposed to be involved. So, all of a sudden, I'm not allowed to go in. And then, within about five months of the lockdowns, he dies. And they won't necessarily tell us what he passed away from. We got the we got it later on. We had to fucking work our asses off and then get a... Uh, anyway, that's a lot of details. We get people involved, and we got the footage, or well, not the footage. We got the details. He, essentially, uh, he he asphyxiated. He was left to eat on his own, and no one was watching him. And with dementia, you know, he's eating. He just shoved a big thing of you know peas and shit down his throat, and no one got there in time. So you know, I already didn't fucking like her, right? So I'm staying in the back of the house, completely avoiding going outside to, as hard as I fucking can. Actually, if you can find it, if you go on my Spotify. It's on there somewhere. I used to label shit the date, not what the episode was about. But I went on a fucking rant about this the day after it happened. I was livid. And, you know, she comes into the back of the fucking house and is like, Hi, everyone. Fucking cunt. And she tells us to call her Big Gretch. She's like, oh, don't call me, don't call me Gretchen. No, don't, don't call me Mrs. Miss Whitmer. It's Big Gretch. Just call me Big Gretch. Just call me Big. Oh, fucking bitch, fucking bitch. I vanished. I said, fuck this. I'm gonna get fired. And I vanished. I had a cigarette. This is 2020. I had a cigarette out by the dumpsters. Came back in. That cunt vanished. Ugh. Ugh. But you got like. Cuomo, Whitmer, de Blasio, and Lightfoot. These four fucks. Right? All different positions. Mayor, senator, governor, uh, mayor, two mayors, and two governors. Right? Just the fucking worst hirings you can think of during the pandemic. Ugh. 
Chicago mayor defends getting her hair cut amid coronavirus pandemic. I really hate these people. And specifically, the fucking leadership we had during the pandemic. Every ounce of it, from Trump to life to all that. I, I have nothing but fucking... Uh, what am I looking for? Deep aberration for these people. But enough of me ranting about shit no one cares about. Let's, uh, let's hear this wretched whore talk. That lashed out and used humor to try and get people to stay at home to stop the spread of COVID-19. Debbie, getting your roots done is not essential. But a photo that surfaced on social media showing the mayor after getting a trim has some asking, what about me? The mayor was asked at least twice about the haircut this afternoon. I'm out in the public eye and, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I... First off, let's just approach this from a PR stuff, right? You want to look, as a politician, you want to look personable, relatable, like someone that the average person could look to, could get along with, right? One of the reasons why people voted for George Bush the first time and the second time was because they felt like they could get a beer with him, <coughs> right? So you could, if you had half a fucking brain for PR, but, you know, leave it to me, the hook knows I come with a fucking PR strategy for you. Maybe look disheveled. And furthermore, bitch, you're really trying to look good? Quit looking like yourself. But just a fucking idea for you, sweetheart. Or let's say just an average-looking woman, right? And also this fucking special-looking hands lady next to you. But let's say you were, you know, like a 7. You fucking, let's say you were a 6.5 above-average-looking woman, right? And you're the mayor, nothing else about you is different other than your looks, right? You know it would benefit you to look fucked up, right? If you went out there with your hair all fucked up, looking like you got a haircut at home, it was all screwy and shit, it would make you look like you're dealing with this shit like the rest of us are, all dirty and nasty and whatnot. But no, 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 no. You had to, not only did you go get your haircut done, you allowed, you had the barbershop open up just for you, right? Using the money you make off your job as a tax-paid public servant. After you had the public shut down, oh, wait, no, dispos were open, strip clubs were open, liquor stores were open, but churches and schools and non-hospital clinics were shut down. Right! Cunt. But, uh, yeah, it would be a good PR look for you to come out looking all nasty with fucked up facial hair and, and like, you know, like a fucked up looking haircut. Come out and be like, look, look, all the barbershops are closed, right? Like, I know my camera, I'm doing the best I got with what I got, but, I mean, hell. If it wasn't for fil filters, your guys' selfies wouldn't look too good either. And you'd get everybody laughing, they'd be ha 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 ha, yucking it up. People like me would make fun of you and poke fun at you're fucking trying to be, you know, connecting with us. But it'd be a little bit more genuine than you being like, look, I'm on TV. I have to be in front of the cameras. I'm one of the elites and you're one of the spectators watching. So, of course, I have to look on fleek. Is it a thing yet? Did I make it a thing? Haircut this afternoon. I'm out in the public eye and, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to um, have a haircut. 
I'm not able to do that myself, and so I got a haircut. She says, Do sign language people have to make the fucking faces? Person cutting her hair wore gloves and a mask in the photo that was posted was one of the few she has taken with no one else since the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Earlier today, the mayor was at Soldier Field to announce a new campaign to try and use Chicago's professional athletes' fame to help spread the word to stay home. But why did you do this at the stadium? <laughs> like, the amount of taxpayer dollars that went into this, which could have been done in your office over Zoom. Oh, God, this takes me to an uncomfortable fucking time. And you know what's really funny? I know Ukraine-Russia thing hasn't happened yet, but I'm looking at this right here just like... Uh, let's do our part, let's stick together, let's stay home and help save lives. The mayor also says warm weather is no excuse to congregate in parks or on streets. She also plans on enforcing social distancing at stores that remain open while the stay-at-home order is in effect. We are sending inspectors out. We will demand that you do this. And if you do not, we will shut you down. Gee, I wonder why you didn't get reelected. Now, the governor this afternoon was asked about Mayor Lightfoot's decision to get a haircut during the stay-at-home order. He didn't really allow himself to go down that road. However, he did say now is the time that we all need to make sacrifices and that he himself has not gotten a haircut. We're live. <laughs> He's like, I'm not throwing away PR like that. Are you stupid? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's just not good, is it? Uh, like, fuck. We already read all this, so at least into the next part of this story. You know what? It's a half hour long already. I'm gonna wrap it up here, but I'm gonna get right onto recording this episode right here. So, oh, you know what? Fuck. Uh, I meant to go here for this. This is actually the last article, so sorry. So, this is from National Review with a right lean on it. Lori Lightfoot's True Historic Achievement by Jeffrey Belair. <clears throat> I read with great amusement Noah Rothman's piece about the resounding rejection delivered by Chicago voters to Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday despite her historic achievements as mayor of the city. I can only add that while Noah's listening while Noah's listing of Lightfoot's accomplishments in office are impressively thorough, violent crime up, arrest down, corporations fleeing the city, and etc. It is by no means comprehensive for Lightfoot's greatest achievement, her mystery achievement, if you will, is in fact relevant to her status as progressive african-american lesbian and the churlish and it is churlish of noah to deny her credit for it to be more specific this achievement lies in her being a progressive chicago democrat and an african-american lesbian politician who somehow managed to lose the support of the progressive democrat african-american female and lgbtq communities it's unsporting of commentators such as rothman to try and take that away from her especially at a time like this this article this little brief ditty here that's all i have to say and i just love this video of it i read this article and i got this big fucking cheshire cat 
ear grin from ear to ear this big ass grin just reading that yeah she resoundingly lost everyone she lost the black vote the hispanic vote she lost everybody's vote it was a hodgepodge of largely wealthy white democrats who turned out for Lori lightfoot meanwhile everyone else literally went for the people who were saying yeah we're gonna hire more cops or yeah we're gonna you know start arresting people and the two people said yeah we're gonna start arresting people and the one democrat said yeah you know there's some stuff in these libraries and these schools we don't like yeah and now mind you these are democrats they're not republicans i don't get the big like yay we got rid of Lori lightfoot you replaced a fucking crazy democrat with two with a potentially less crazy Democrat. I, it's not exactly like a, a, a reform win. Now, if you're in Chicago, it's an upgrade, absolutely. But, you know, uh, again, it, it's very dubious in nature. But Lori Lightfoot's gone. And I, I, I think Chicago had to hit rock fucking bottom. And it did. Lori Lightfoot was at rock fucking bottom. She even looked like a chick you'd wake up to next next to in a meth house, look over, see her, and then realize what you've done for drugs, and maybe even find God in rehab. Like, like she's that kind of a chick, right? So Chicago got up, shook itself off, and said, like, well, now we can only go from here, right? Right? Fucking knock on wood, I'll be rooting for you, Chicago. I have a friend of mine, I'll just, uh, just call her, uh, Madge, for short. She lives on Chicago. She's got a, a family out there. She she loves the city. Uh, she tells me how wonderful it is. And every time I go out there, like I'm, I've I I have lived or <laughs> I've I've had a very intimate relation with Detroit and out in the outskirts of Detroit. Uh, I've also grown up in a couple cities. Where, you know, I, I uh. For a couple of years, I was in a pretty decent, decent community, and then I ended up moving to a less decent community later on in life. But you know, uh, Chicago is way scarier than anywhere I've ever been. And like, I've, you know, I've never like lived in deep Detroit or like like Seven Mile or any of that shit. And honestly, more like Gratch and Romulus, like those areas. You know, Pinckney, Inkster. These are areas that like outside of Michigan never get talked about, but they're like bad. Like, bad, bad. Like, like meth break-ins and people getting stabbed screwdrivers type shit. Redneck bad in Pinkney. Inkster is, like, blown out ghetto bad. Real bad shit. Detroit's worse. Like, I, I was out there. Like, there's footage on my rumble. I was out there and I filmed riots. Like, I filmed shit on fire. Bro. Shit I have never seen here. In Ips, uh, uh, Ypsilanti, Detroit... And Lansing all had riots, but... Oh, well, Lansing riots were a joke, but... The uh, the Detroit ones were, were alright. I mean, like, they're not good or alright. I mean, they were a little bit more serious than, than the ones in Lansing, but still... No, man. Like, Chicago fucking sucks. I don't know why my friends continue continues to live out there. I've quit going out to visit. I have, uh... So, when, so when it comes to Illinois, I don't have... I have a friend who stays in Chicago, like I said, but... I have family on Rockford. Rockford is a pretty rough chunk. Uh, it's like a suburb, rundown, kind of like Section 8 area outside outside Chicago. Um, it's lakefront area. And 
that like that's about as close to Detroit as I will go or close to uh, Chicago as I'll fucking go and even then it's been a couple years I have no interest in going to Chicago it is such a dump and I would rather I'd rather live in Detroit than, than Chicago personally Detroit gets a really bad rep for no reason anymore. And I get it. I get, like, why it had the rep it did. But, like, Detroit's really done a big-ass turnaround and comeback. Like, it's not fully... I'm not, like, trying to say it's, like, fucking fantabulous or anything. But, you know, Detroit's on, on its way back. Detroit's had... had uh, and the only reason I'm bringing up Detroit, right, is, you know, we, we had we had Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick was bad. Like, he was really bad for Detroit. And then we got Duggan. Duggan, uh, he came in, he was a Democrat, kind of the same feel here. <clears throat> you know, crime, violence, uh, robbery, shooting, all kinds of shit just spiked to record highs. Like, under Kilpatrick, Detroit was at its worst. Easily. Um, then, you know, you get Duggan, or, uh, Duggan. Duggan comes in, he was a Democrat, everyone's like, just replace a Democrat with a Democrat, I mean, are we going to see any differences, and to Duggan's surprise, yeah, he's, uh, he's done a lot of really, really good shit, even doing a lot of, like, Reach Across the Aisle stuff, where he's brought in, like, people on the right, he's brought in some people from the left, so on and so forth, like, I, I was roasting him pretty decently earlier, uh, Craig, Chief Craig, Police Chief Craig, uh, he was a great police chief, you know, as far as it goes, uh, uh, just a reference here is, uh, I can't remember who the celebrity was, but it was a Detroit celebrity who got pulled over and the cop let him go without giving him the speeding ticket because this guy was famous. And then, uh, Craig, the next day, went out, gave the guy a ticket and fired the cop and, like, made a public statement where the police department apologized to the city for not doing its job properly. So that's when he came to my radar with that one. So maybe... You know, Chicago will be on a similar story, right? You know, sure, you're going from one Democrat to the next, but, you know, perhaps in increments, this will slowly work its way out to being a better place. I'm perpetually optimistic, I guess, but that being said, I'm going to wrap it up here. This has been Inside Four Walls. Everyone's James Madison. I got a couple more episodes to crank out, come back for the next episode, which will be all about this. So until next time, I've been James Madison. And I'll catch you all later. Peace. Two, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. You, 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 you're cool. Yay. You, I'm out. genuinely unhappy with this it's a mixed bag for me welcome back to inside of four walls i'm rose dreams madison and i am 
bitterly amused by this story. Now, I didn't cover this a whole lot. I did one episode on it back in the day, like, oh, look at this big titty teacher. It's obviously a fucking troll. Because, you know, I was about a day late to report it after everybody else had already kind of talked about it. Anyway, I am a day late on this coverage, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, the teacher gets written up for toxic masculinity. And then all of a sudden, a day later after the write-up, comes in with these big fucking tits and makeup and everything on. And starts identifying as trans and stays working in the school. And I will pull up the 4chan post and we will read it together. But it was obvious from the get-go that this was a fucking troll. And the part where homie was like, this is real. My whole issue is the same issue I had now with it. The troll is hilarious. It's fucking genius. It is fucking brilliant. It is the most keck-worthy shit imaginable. Game the system. Why fight it when you can game it? Absolutely. Understandable. I just hated that the kids were being exposed to it. I get the point being made. Kids are being exposed to the confusion anyway, but... The fake nipples and everything, man, just... I didn't like the kid. I didn't like students being exposed to it. I, I loved the pushback and the sarcasm and the satire, but at the expense of these kids and their development, I just I, I was not on board with it to that extent. And I and but at the same time, I really liked the trolling. <laughs> but I'm assuming it's a troll. It's, it seems very obviously on paper that it is. Kayla Lennox, Canadian teacher with size Z. Prosthetic press. Hey, they say it's real. Breast placed on paid leave. And the troll comes to an end. By March 2nd, 2023. By Patrick Riley. Is it just music? Just look at this. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's move on. The Canadian high school teacher who wears massive Z-cup prosthetic breasts. That's another thing. I didn't really cover on this too much because it's in Canada. Uh, when I talked about it here, I'm like, this could easily come to the U.S. Don't fool yourself into thinking that it can't. I stand by that. But, you know, like, until then. <laughs> you know, it's Canada. Anyway, the Canadian high school teacher who wears massive Z-cup prosthetic breasts in class has been placed on leave after the post revealed that she hmm, rarely wears them outside of school. <laughs> the Halton School District confirms that Oakville uh, Trafalgar High School, Trafalgar High School shop teacher Kayla Lemix was put on paid leave Tuesday. Quote: While not currently on an active assignment, the teacher remains employed with the Halton District School Board. Spokesperson Heather Fancy told the Toronto Sun, Lemmick's suspension comes after... Wait a minute. Hmm. Disregard. I had an email. Uh, Toronto Sun. Comes after uh, Education Minister Stephen Less and Halton Region MPPs Natalie Pierre, Stephen Crawford, and... Uh, Effie I am uh, Trinitrophilopolis Good luck with that one Rebuked the school board For having quote 
abdicated its responsibility by failing to put mm, the interest and safety of students first, according to the Sun. One mother named Lynn told the school board Wednesday that, quote, forms of identity and expression presented in the school environment must be scrutinized against the children's safeguarding practices. The Canadian, uh, if, if I'm reading that correctly, then I completely agree. Yeah, this kind of thing should not be allowed, but you have to ask yourself what situations allow, what policies are in place and who are the people who put these policies in place that allowed it to get to where it is now. The board has remained largely quiet about Lamex while parents have arranged have raged for months about her wearing the prosthetics in front of students. By the way, if you know they're faking it, why are you doing this shit with the the she thing? Just say he. We already know what this Tim Dillon looking fuck looks like. Photos photos and videos taken in school have shown him wearing tight clothing with large nipples protruding under the fabric of her of his top. The controversy has sparked numerous threats of violence, and I want to see these presented. Read them. Where the receipts against Limix and school officials, uh, board of education meetings uh, have descended into chaos as it attempts to address the issues. The saga gained international attention and came to head after the post revealed last month that once outside of school, Lemix often ditches the breast wig and makeup and appears as a man, which sent shockwaves through the district. Post photos showed the dress-it-down Lemix wear men's sweatpants, sneakers, and a puffer vest with no signs of her breast. Duh. Makeup, glasses, or wig, a get-up that his neighbor said he wears, quote, extremely infrequently. She insisted in a sit-down with the Post that the man in the photos was not him, although he admitted he could not prove it. Gee, I wonder why. Although he admitted he could not prove it and denied wearing prosthetic breasts at all, quote, these are real, Mick said, adding that he could not say who the person photographed was, quote, because I don't want to bring anyone else into this. Quote, this is who I am. This is how I look. You've been talking to people in my building, but what are they telling you? What they're telling you is harsh and untrue. I am always going out looking the way I am. Ooh. Tell me this does not look like fucking Tim Dillon. This is totally Tim Dillon. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Yeah? Yeah? Right? That's totally Tim Dillon. I'm not tripping, right? Like, like, like... My man's here be looking like this fucking hacky fuck named Tim Dillon. I'm not tripping, right? I don't think I am, at least. But let's move on. Lemix told the Post that although he began undergoing hormone replacement therapy in 2021 and was in transition, he is not a transgendered person, but was born intersex, of course. 
The teacher said his extra-large breasts are caused by a condition called... It's gynecomastia, right? Giga... Gigantomastia. But also admitted that he's never been officially diagnosed. Most of these he's I'm saying are actually typed out as she's. I'm just not playing along. Gigacomastia is a rare condition that involves developing extremely large breasts due to excessive breast tissue growth. According to the renowned Cleveland Clinic, which said there are only about 300 cases reported. It's ridiculous. And the mask under the nose. You can't convince me. The fucking finger sleeves, dude. I have the same pair of Nikes. Outraged parents demanded <laughs> that the Halton District School Board impose a dress code for teachers, which was initially rejected last year due to concerns about violating Ontario's Human Rights Code. In January, the school board agreed to develop a policy requiring that teachers maintain an, quote, appropriate and professional appearance. Lemix told the Post that she, quote, would follow the directions of the board on what they mandated, but denied that she dressed in a provocative fashion. Quote, I don't think there's any problem with how I dressed. It's the personal opinion of others. I don't think I have dressed unprofessionally, he said. Yeah, well, it's part of the act. Like, this is, like, very uh, Andy, uh... Oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Andy, uh, Kaufman. It's very Andy Kaufman. Dedication to the role and I respect it. But this is absolutely... Hold on. Before I hop into the very last article from today, I wanted to show you these two posts here from Andy Noah and Rebel News. It's just hilarious. This journalist here, this mad lad, went dressed up as his teacher. I went to the school board meetings and alright, man. Yo, primetime 99 level shit. This is fucking nominal. Let's check this out. They have banned me for life under threat of trespass if I show up. My crime? Well, asking impolite questions or dressing up as Carrie Lam. <laughs> you see the Houston <laughs> District School Board, they're all down with radical transgenderism when it's at school being exposed this to kids. Shit. But when it comes to going to the school board meeting and putting those prosthetic breasts up close and personal prosthetic. near the trustees of the HDSB. Oh well, that's offside. That's a little too impolite. However, whether or not the dress code gets approved, I have a solution. It's a partial solution, and we owe it all <laughs> to that master philosopher known as Red Green. Just one yes. As I was saying, folks, whether there's a dress code or not, at the very least, can Carrie Look, Luke Lemieux be... Fuck Hank Green and his obnoxious fucking brother. I can't... I don't care about either of them, but Red Green? Red Green and Bob Ross? That was my fucking, like, fucking midnight, 4 p.m. block before PBS Nova came on and bored me to sleep. God damn. 
red green that just took me to a really good place in my childhood holy shit man back when pbs put on good shit be told to cover up those protruding fake nipples <laughs> now let's watch the original clip believe the trend sorry can you, can you believe the transphobia here folks can you believe it I'm trying to deliver a petition. Which one of you is going to take it? Which one of you is going to take it? What's that? What? What? Yo, this cop is just sitting here. What happened to the audio? Oh. Go teach kids. Come on. Are you guys okay? Like that and go oh. This poor cop is just sitting here, man. I usually don't feel bad for him. Oh, security card. Yo, I usually feel bad for these kinds of guys, but he's just sitting here like, this is really my job. Look at his face. He's questioning everything about his world right now. I love that the end. If you listen closely, he says, ma'am. I need you to leave this property, ma'am. <laughs> now let's hop over here to the last article for this upload. Breaking! Now this is going to be the last article we read before we wrap it up here, so let's get into it. Breaking Canadian trans shop teacher with massive prosthetic breasts no longer teaching at school. While not currently on active assignment, the teacher remains unemployed with HDSB. Halton District School Board. That's totally just Tim Dillon, bro. I don't give a fuck what anyone tells me. Articles by... Th oh, the joint thing. Okay. It's all the disposable on you. On. Kayla Lemix, a biological male trans Canadian shop teacher who teaches class wearing oversized prosthetic breasts, has reportedly been placed on leave from Oakville Trafalgar High School. Board spokesperson Heather uh, Francie told the Toronto Sun in a statement quote, While not currently on active assignment, the teacher remains. Until now, the board had previously supported Lemix's right to teach while wearing massive fake breasts. It's deeply concerning uh, that an event like this is being permitted to proceed at any post-secondary education uh, institution. Claiming it's promoting harmful, hateful, and false information, advocates are calling on the University of Winnipeg to cancel an Ooh, event Winnipeg, that's featuring eh? a speaker who they say promotes transphobic rhetoric. Spreading misinformed opinion um, rather than like tangible medical proven research on gender affirming care is frankly walking a very dangerous line between promoting hatred. All right, groomer, let's tackle this one. Affirming. Right, blow it out your ass. I don't give a fuck. You, there's nothing to affirm with kids. You can only teach kids. Right? That's your job. I don't know what the fuck you are, but maybe you shouldn't be allowed anywhere near kids. But, but. Telling a kid, oh yeah, you're absolutely this make-believe thing you're pretending to be. 
as far as I'm concerned, it's no different than being like, oh, I don't believe I should have this finger here. Even though this finger worked perfectly fine, there's nothing wrong with it. I just have a weird thing in my head that's telling me right now I shouldn't have this finger, so it's a mistake. Should I go chop it off? And then you're like, yeah, sure. And you hand them a fucking knife and they chop off their finger. And you're like, nice. That's healthy. It's the same fucking thing as far as I'm concerned. You're telling these kids to indulge in a mental illness that has no fucking bearing on reality. And then you end up with all these detransitioners who ultimately say, hey, there's a mistake. And then they kill themselves. Which is interesting, right? Because you, you're telling... you Actually, a lot of the detransitioners don't kill themselves. A lot of the people who are transitioned end up killing themselves. As opposed to promoting acceptance of fellow human beings. The event titled The Commodification of the Human Body, the Case of Transgender Identities with U of W professor Joanne Boucher is said to focus on the quote, economic interests involved in transgenderism and the role of government, corporate funded lobby groups and the medical industry to illustrate the ways the human body itself is increasingly becoming commodified for profit and quote. Jen Rands with Pride Winnipeg says the event and the language used on the poster are both problematic. It's entirely inappropriate and dangerous that transgender healthcare is being referred to as a commodity. Uh, these treatments and procedures, they're not cosmetic. Uh, gender affirming healthcare is med- Uh, yeah, they are. Actually, they absolutely are cosmetic, and here's why. Surgeries are typically with the goal of fixing or repairing something, right? So when you're having these surgeries, right, let's say it's top surgery, let's start with that one, right, top surgery. The surgery is cosmetic because it changes your looks. It doesn't change anything about you. It doesn't replace a damaged organ. In fact, it damages a functioning organ. Fun fact. So you're a, a, a female who wishes to become male because you're retarded. Um, you've decided to chop off your breast you will never carry sperm you will never fertilize a female's eggs you will never be able to impregnate anyone you are what you are born as and what you will die as you will die a, a female trying to become male except for this time you've chopped your fucking tits off and maybe you're on some sort of hormone supplement or something and your hair is covered in body and acne for the rest of your life too smart moves um, but you are not what you set out to be. You sought out the surgery in the vain attempt of becoming the opposite sex, but you will never be the opposite sex. So you've had a cosmetic surgery to appear as. You're altering your appearance. It's cosmetic. And the same thing. Perhaps you have your dick chopped off and folded inside out to create a artificial, you know, vaginoplasties. You are creating essentially a wound that's going to be fucked by whoever is into fucking it, presumably. And if that's your bag, that's your bag. There's nothing wrong with it, as long as you're an adult and you afford the surgery yourself. But, again, you're having the surgery to become go from male to female, but you will never be a female. You will never have eggs. You will have no womb. You will never dilate or carry children or, you know, birth offspring. You will never be a woman. It's cosmetic. It is all cosmetic. Every one of these fucking surgeries, you are trying so hard to say, it's not a commodity. It's as much of a fucking commodity as goddamn liposuction. Let me tell you something right now. These surgeries are going to be looked at the same way we look at fucking lobotomies today. 
I swear to God, mark my words, 25 years from now, we'll be looking back at all this shit the same way we look back at lobotomies and wonder how the fuck did we let that happen. But let this person who probably outgrew their uncle's age preference somewhere between one and four tell you their worldview. Medically necessary and it's life-saving care for youth and adults. That's funny because there's so many, maybe I have to do an episode about this. There's been a spike in famous trans celebrities killing themselves. Uh, there was also a couple politicians who had trans kids who killed themselves. And yet, not transitioning is what kills you. It's interesting because it seems like the suicide spikes are with the people who are fully transitioned. I corrected myself earlier on this topic, too. Where I, I, I said, uh, you know, that's why people come out detransition and kill themselves and i was like actually detransitioners tend not to kill themselves it's the people who go all the way and commit to it without any effort to go back who end up taking their own life eventually in the end and the issue right and, and here's where the issue is the reason you're seeing such a spike in that it's because you're seeing more and more kids pushed into it when you have adults who just fucking take it upon themselves to dabble into this weird shit that's on them to do so Back in the day, you had less people who were, you know, you, you know, uh, what's the, what's the word, uh, I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for here, it was an old term for, basically, tran of their day, but, anyway, you had less of them, less of them killing themselves, sure, there was less of them, but also, the only ones who were becoming that were adults, now you have kids being uh, whatever the term is, validated, or whatever the fuck you want to say, in schools, or affirmed, affirmed in schools, you're gonna see a spike in these, you know, suicides, because these kids are coming out of these phases and be like, oh my god, I can't go back. Oh my god, I can't go back. That's why, uh, what was it, a couple years ago, for all those emo kids back in the day, there was that big online scam where this company promised to remove all your scars, you bought their cream, and their cream didn't do anything. It was like coconut oil essentially i mean it did what coconut oil does but it was essentially just that and people bought it like crazy why because the emo kids went through that phase they scarred their fucking body and were like oh no this shit's not cool it's cringy as fuck and they couldn't undo it you know time will heal you know you have college and whatnot but surgeries and hormones right you have these kids being put on puberty blockers by their schools quite frankly i would support a parent's right education bill like what florida has from state to state and shining sea, quite frankly. But that's a Tenth Amendment situation. The event set for Friday was posted under the University of Winnipeg's logo and appears to be part of the institution's 2022-23 speaker series. Requests for an interview with a representative from the University of Winnipeg were not accommodated and interview request to Boucher went unanswered. Rand says given the university's reputation, she was surprised that the event would be taking place on campus and says a review of how events are approved should take place to ensure other potentially harmful events do not go ahead. It's absolutely unacceptable to look at transgender healthcare in this light, period really important uh, in this kind of contemporary world where there is a lot of transphobia and violence against trans people. <laughs> Who's afraid of them? No, seriously. You, you, you use the phrase that would imply fear. There is no fear here. There is not a single queer that a tyrant fucking fears, my friend. And let me tell you, you need to quit using the word phobie. Phobia of any kind. No, we're not homophobic, we're none of this shit, we're not transphobic, we're not scared of you. 
we just logically recognize you for what you fucking are it's different if anything the incessant need to mischaracterize what we say and attack us and completely throw out any maybe even common ground we share in our views shows that you are the one who is fucking afraid here and it's fine the people you're arguing for the ideology and the identitarians you're fighting for will not have kids so it's a dying ideology and in essence a failing ideology and it will fail it will crash and burn there is no outcome where this where where y'all win i'm sorry well i'm not sorry but you know a little sympathy for the for for y'all but damn um, to combat that whenever we can. Other academics want the event cancelled and are staging a trans love cupcake hour and open roundtable event aimed at supporting 2SLGBTQIA+. What is 2SL? I'm not looking Members it up. Of the trans community. What we're really interested in is not so much hosting a counter event, but rather just creating a safe uh, place for connection and community and to celebrate the queer and trans community at the University of Winnipeg and beyond. Alison Bricky, an assistant English professor at the University of Winnipeg, says some staff have brought concerns forward to administration. She believes the event goes against the U of W's values. The University of Winnipeg. You know, statistically speaking, per populace, there's a lot of child molesters in that one frame. Like right here, there's a lot of child molesters in this one frame, just statistically speaking. Peg says, and a lot of child molestation victims. Some staff have brought concerns forward to administration. She believes the event goes against the U of W's values. The University of Winnipeg prides itself on being an inclusive. All right, I've had enough. What does this have to do with the actual article? I was waiting for this to mean something. Well, I, I, I guess University of Winnipeg is where the teacher's at, but no. No, it's not, actually, because this is a high school teacher. That's a college. I don't know why the fuck that's there. That's something I really hate about the Post Millennials website is they always put art. They put up a lot of videos. Usually what it is is the second video is relevant to the topic at hand, but sometimes not. No, no more. The board's action came after the New York Post investigation of Lemix, photograph Lemix without fake breasts, blah, 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 blah. Uh, kudos this from Aline Cantonatal, who is a male. Kudos at New York Post for exposing shop teacher Kayla Lemix, who is now being placed on leave. This is a big win for students and parents. And right here we have a little clip here. But the New York Post newspaper hired a Toronto photo- photographer to work with their reporters to learn more about Kayla Lemix. And spent them spent a month doing research while the post team took pictures and evident uh, and video of Lemix dressed as a woman. It also captured an image in which the paper claims shows Lemix without breasts and dressed in men's clothes in men's attire that changed the game and resulted in Lemix never being in class again. While the teacher told the Toronto Sun the picture was not me. The Post struck it, struck by it, insisting they knew the teacher's routine, car, license plate, apartment, building, and neighbors. It was the photo of Lemix dressed as a man that let you mean dressed as, as, as he is, that led to the teacher being placed on leave by the board. Lemix claimed the picture was not me, but according to the New York Post, 
a fellow resident in Lemix apartment uh, apartment complex told the outlet he wears the prosthetic breasts extremely infrequently and puts the breast on uh, on to teach occasionally when he goes for walks or when the cops visit. Every woman everywhere, right here, post uh, at I Rock Bells. Cool name. No surprise here. As we predicted months ago, Kayla Mix is not trans. He's just a pervert, and he's doing doing this is 100% sexual harassment. I look forward to the day when female students and staff file suits against the school board. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's probably part of his plan too, because when he does get laid off and replaced, he's gonna turn around and he's going to fucking sue on discrimination. Wait for it. Watch for it to happen. The post described an incident where Lamix was photographed exiting the school dressed in the breast and wig, went briefly shopping at a department store, went home, then emerged wearing men's sweat per- sweatpants trainers and a gray shirt and navy puffer vest without breast pu- without breast makeup, glasses, or wig. Shocker, Rogan. <laughs> Rogan retweets here. This is ridiculous. According to the Sun, Lemix claimed to have a rare condition, read that, and that XX chromosomes and hormone sensitivity to estrogen played a role in this intersex born person growing extra large breasts. But when challenged to provide a diagnosis to support the claims, Lemix said the diagnosis is based on a verbal discussion I have had with my doctor. Verbal. And I have, n- and I never requested a note or a letter of these findings. The outlet added that unless any of Lemix's claims could be medically verified, there was no path for the teacher to return to the class. Viral image of trans teacher wearing oversized breasts that sag to the waist have been investigated by uh, Redux Mag. The teacher is Kayla Mix of Oakville Trafalgar High School in uh, Ontario, Canada. The school stands by its teacher fucking i fucking love this video here some teachers have recorded images of the teacher at oakville trafalgar high school in ontario canada and put them on social media look at the ridiculousness of using the saw with these tits to back way the fuck up Ridiculous. They made the policy so you couldn't actually do that anymore. On Tuesday, Lemix was put on paid leave, according to The Sun. Education Minister Stephen Lins, ha- uh, Hanton Region MPPs, Natalie Pierre, Stephen Crawford, uh, Effie, that name, slammed the board for having uh, uh, adjudicated as responsibilities by failing to put the interests of safety uh, but the safety and uh, interest and safety of the students first. After the teacher was put on leave, the board replied, quote, We will continue to support the teacher in partnership with OSSTF, Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. One teacher user uh, previously wrote, quote, No surprise here. As we predicted months ago, Kayla Lamix is not trans. He is just a pervert and... What he's doing is 100% sexual harassment, and I look forward to the day when the female students 
and the staff follows suit against the board. Blah blah blah. I read that. Uh, spotlight for photos and videos emerged September 2022 of the teacher during a manufacturing and technology uh, technology class at Oakville Trafalgar High School in Oakville, Ontario. I'm getting tired of saying these. Wearing the gigantic fake bosoms, bosoms, uh, short shorts, a blonde wig, and a tank top too. Same video. Yep, same video. Parents began protesting for losing TikTok, and the post-millennial editor at large, Andy No, tweeted a video at large means in the field, basically, uh, from the shop class, noting the shop's dress code for students, which reads: the dress codes must prevent students from wearing clothing or accessories that display sexism, vulgarity, and pornography. Says the code: dress codes must prevent students from wearing clothes that expose. Or make visible genitalias and nipples. Mmm. Lemex was spotted skydiving in November, where the wig fell off midair. December, the Ontario College of Teachers urged the school to ask the, ask the teacher to act professionally. Lemex continued wearing the breast despite the controversy, and in January, held an event at held an event touted as quote a space for QTB. QTBIPOC folks QT BIPOC Aww, QT BIPOC Uh, age 11 to 14 Oh god To hold space where With each other As we explore different sources of Oh, of pressure to change Our approach based on societal values Rooted In Cisnormativity Ooh, and uh, colonial beauty standards. I don't think society really relies on colonial beauty standards. I mean, yeah, Kardashians, col- the colony guys would really be into that shit. Three, Halton District School Board policy on gender identity and gender expression reads, quote, the HDSB is committed to establishing and maintaining a safe, caring, inclusive, equitable, and welcoming learning and working environment for all members of the school community, including students, staff, parents, guardians, and community members who identify as or are perceived as two-spirit. Two-spirit. Is that what two S's? Is? Two S's, is two-spirit? What is that? What is that? Hold on. Oh, I'm calling bullshit. Two spirits is a term used within some indigenous communities encompassing cultural, spiritual, sexual, uh, sexual, and gender identity. The term reflects complex indigenous understandings of gender rules, spirituality, and the long history of sexual and gender diversity in indigenous cultures. I'm going to guarantee you that it's all made of bullshit right now. I don't know for certain. I'm not going to go looking that deep into it, but I'm calling just bunk bullshit right off the fucking bat that is not properly yoked my man my mother two spirit I thought it could get more retarded two spirit queer by the way uh, trust me I am thrilled that I can say the word queer you fucking queer I can say queer and it's fine now makes me kind of want to come out if I had to come out maybe I could come out right come out and not mean it 
Hmm. What if I grifted just so I could have access to phrases that would normally be considered offensive? Interesting. Uh, non-binary doesn't exist. Intersex barely exists. And those who are questioning their sexual orientation and or that's my new uh, pro. That, those are my my pronouns and or uh, gender identities. Oh, identity T's. So you could have like schizophrenia and shit too. Ooh, nice. All right. Well, here's the thing about this, right? As much as I love the troll and I find it absolutely hilarious, I don't like the students to be exposed to the sexual nature of this particular troll. But that being said, this was absolutely hilarious, in my opinion. I'm going to wrap it up here. If there's any more interesting developments with this teacher or if that lawsuit ever manifests, we will go from there. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. Have a good laugh with me, folks, and I shall catch you guys later. Peace. You doubtless remember the Canadian shop teacher who decided to pull the kids in this class into his weird sexual fetishes. The teacher goes by the name of Kayla Lemieux showed up in enormous fake prosthetic breasts and wagged them at the kids. And for months, the cowardly school board in Ontario, that'd be the Halton District School Board, defended this creep. But now, under pressure, including the threat of legal action from parents, they appear to be backing down a little bit. The school board says it will require a professional dress code from teachers, meaning smaller prosthetic breasts, apparently. Well, the Canadian media ignored this story, Rebel News did not. Its reporter, David Menzies, has been on it from the very beginning. He joins us tonight. David, thanks so much uh, for coming on. You look great, by the way. Well, you know, Tucker, on network TV, as they say, as they say, give them the jiggle with the giggle, right? That is 100%. And look, as long as you feel empowered, we're for it. Tell us, like, how, since you are wearing the costume of the shop teacher in Ontario, I mean, how could you teach shop class wearing those things, I guess, just to just a core competency first? Oh, uh, Tucker, you could not. In fact, I've always said, forget about the Ministry of Education. Where's the Ministry of Labor? Uh, long sleeves, long hair, not done up in a bun or a hairnet, jewelry. Um, Bussy Lemieux breaks every shop etiquette rule in the book. And by the way, just in case... Um, your audience thinks um, I've um, attached myself to some kind of fetish lifestyle or I'm a drag queen storyteller for hire. Uh, no, that's not the case. Uh, we, I went there to the Halton District School Board back in October, dressed exactly like uh, Busty Lemieux, the, the sheer blouse with the nipples protruding, the blonde hair, the bicycle shorts. And here's the thing about the hypocrisy of the Halton District School Board, Tucker. They're all down with the radical transgender uh, agenda, but only when it's in front of the kids. When it's in front of their school board meeting, they actually fled the room. And I have subsequently been banned for life, for life, Tucker, uh, from Halton District School Board headquarters and all their schools, uh, because I guess um, I was asking impolite questions and they don't like the idea of drag when it comes to them. Now. The news, Tucker, is that earlier this month, the HDSB trustees approved the request to the education director. Uh, his name is Curtis Innes, he, him. And uh, what they want to do is uh, ha craft a professionalism policy to maintain appropriate and professional standards of dress in the classroom. 
Now, maybe you and your viewers are saying, wait a minute, isn't this deja vu all over again? Didn't they um, look into this back in November? And yes, they did. And it was rejected in November um, by Sarah Sari Taha, who, was, uh, who is their uh, human resources superintendent. So two things here, um, Tucker. What would change from November until March? I don't think anything has. And also that director of education, uh, Curtis Innes, he, him, he released a statement where he um, essentially said that um, he might veto a dress code recommendation that they will continue to be, you know, um, answerable to human rights, equity, et cetera, et cetera. So the HDSB Whoa. is kind of like professional wrestling. No nothing is real until it happens. I don't know what's going on up there. We're going to have to visit your country sometime soon just to check it out. And I have to say, I'm a little bit sympathetic to the school world because I am intimidated by your prosthetic breasts and may need to flee. Um, but I appreciate your coming on. Anyway, David Menzies, thank you of Rebel News. My pleasure, Tucker. Thank you. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Rose James Madison, and now we're going to do a follow-up. We'll have two uh, uploads today that are follow-ups on East Palestine, Ohio. Let's start off here. Now, early on, I had made reference to a few activists who I had wanted to see come out. I had jokingly asked, where's Greta? Shouldn't she be out here? This is a big natural and government disaster caused by a mixture of, you know, big corporate interests failing its people, as well as greed and special interests and corrupt politicians and the government involved in creating a man-made natural disaster. This is the kind of thing Greta Thunberg bitches about all the time. Yet she's nowhere to be seen. She just got falsely arrested on mail doing an episode about that. If it's worth the time to do it. But another one was Aaron Brockovich. Now, I like the movie, and that's where I first learned about her. I imagine that's where a lot of people first learned about Aaron Brockovich, and uh, I was like, I wonder where she is. This is the exact kind of thing I, I, I'd imagine she'd have something to say about. And lo and behold, on March 2nd, in the year 2023 of our Lord, environmental activist Aaron Brockovich calls East Palestine train derailment a classic cover-up. And from here, he'll be going. Joe Biden announces that he will be going to East Palestine at some point. But that's for the next article we'll get into. Over here at CBS News Pittsburgh by Megan Schiller, March 2nd, 2023. Calls East Palestine train derailment a classic cover up. See what this video? If it wants to load. Okay. <laughs> East Palestine, Ohio, KDKA. After spending all morning with some residents in East Palestine on Thursday, environmental activist Erin Brockovich said she was very upset. Quote, It's, it's classic cover-up in an environmental disaster running, ruin, uh, running the people around in hopes that they don't figure out, don't figure it out, or... We all go away and nobody none the wiser when they are literally going to be sitting ducks here, she said. Several universities sent research teams to East Palestine over the past weeks, Texas AMN. Pardon me. And keep in mind, for over three weeks, Joe Biden, Pete Puttigieg, and all of them are sitting back telling you, there is no crisis. DeWine even went and drank some tap water, the old fuck, and said it is fine. 
Now I think it might have been a little staged. I don't know if I exactly believe that motherfucker drinks from the water. Just like I don't really believe a lot of these politicians actually took that vaccine. I, I think they all staged it. And this drink some fake tap water? Bitch, please. Uh, but perhaps it's a little out there. Maybe Mike DeWine believes what he's hearing. He'd be fucking retarded if he did. Um... But everyone was telling you it's fine. The water's fine. The air's fine. There's nothing to see here, folks. Do not worry about it. Oh boy, are we fucking worried about it, let me tell you. And from day one, it was like, this is obviously going to be a much bigger fucking disaster than it is. I'm really happy Aaron Brockovich, Aaron Brockovich is involved now. If you don't know anything about her, she is a worthwhile look into. But yeah, Texas AM, A and M sent a team out there, and they got some good results. Well, bad results because you know they said the government was lying to us and killing us. Oh no, shocker, right? Several universities uh, sent research teams to East Palestine over the past few weeks, and the results of independent testing are starting to come back. Uh, Carnage Mellon University uh, partnered with Texas AMN research team data shows some concentrations in East Palestine for 9 out of 50 chemicals the EPA reported are higher than normal 9 out of the 50 50 chemicals if these levels continue researchers say they may be of health concern me you think quote you give an all clear but yet, you don't have any data really to prove that it is all clear. And then, when people come back and they tell you, I'm smelling stuff, we're sick, we're going to, to the emergency room, I can't breathe. Well, you're a bunch of white people, and when a bunch of white people can't breathe, but if a fentanyl addict can't breathe, then it's an issue. And you know, I've, I, bet, I bet if East Palestine changes its name to East Ukraine, you start seeing some funding coming your way. Just a suggestion. They're just disregarding because everything is safe. It's obviously... It's obvious nothing is safe, Rokovich said. The partnership between the two university hopes... Uh, safe yet. My apologies. The partnership between the two university hopes to answer two questions. Are there other chemicals in the air that the EPA isn't monitoring? And what other locations can be tested that don't currently have an EPA monitor. On Thursday night, the Environmental Protection Agency said it's requiring Norfolk Southern to test for dioxins at site of the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Brockovich also strongly defended against accusations he's just looking for a, for good stories in East Palestine. Uh, yeah, I highly doubt that. Uh, quote, all the money in the world doesn't change anything for these people. Nothing. They've already lost everything. And their future? Really? Really? So you're going to have a lawsuit. Yes, the money helps. And I want people to understand that so they can get out of here. Because many of them can't afford to do that. Yeah. And not to mention, these people's homes, their values, fucking ruined. These people's homes are, are, are effectively worthless now but that being said let's uh are there any comments nope all right that being said let's hop over here to the new york post 
Biden now says he'll visit East Palestine, Ohio train derail site at some point. Oh boy, at some point. He's over a month late. Donald Trump's already gone. Puta just pretended to give a fuck. But listen to this. I really fucking hate the way Schumer here just fucking chuckled. I hated the way he just laughed at that. What is so funny to you, you fucking Batman villain? Why are you laughing at that? It's okay. Just like you said, uh, the intelligence agencies have ways to deal with people. We the people have ways of dealing with people. It's an interesting thing to chuckle at, you piece of shit. Oh. Interesting. Is my record still going? As soon as I said that, all the power in my house just flickered. Alright, bitch, I'm on to you. I've spoken with every official in Ohio, Democrat and Republican, on a continuous basis, as in Pennsylvania. I laid out a little bit in there what I think the answers are, we put it together, and we will be implementing an awful lot into the legislation here, and I will be on I really hate that Schumer fucking laughed at that. All right, March 2nd, 2023, by Victor Nava. In a surprising about-face, President Biden remarked on Thursday that he plans to visit the site of the toxic train derailment in East Palestine. Toxic train derailment. Now we're saying what it is. Toxic. Derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, at some point, nearly a month after the disaster. The 80-year-old president made the comment after a bunch of after a lunch meeting with Senate Democrats on Capitol Hill, and comes after weeks of mounting criticism from Republicans, Ohio officials, and East Palestine residents over the Biden administration's response to the February 3rd calamity. "Quote: I will be out there at some point," Biden told reporters Thursday, when asked about the potential visit to the Ohio town where dangerous chemicals seeped into the ground and toxic smoke billowed into the sky after a Norfolk Southern train went off the tracks. Biden did not indicate when the future trip would take place. The president and the White House had previously stated that there were no plans for a trip to East Palestine where residents remain concerned about long-term health impacts of the disaster. Quote, at this moment, no. Biden told reporters outside the White House last week when asked about the potential trip. Similarly, White House Press Secretary cringe Jean-Pierre told the media last week that travel arrangements have not been made for Biden to tour the Ohio town quote he offered federal assistance and directed his team to stay on top of this uh, the press secretary said quote at this time I don't have anything to read out or announce on travel to Ohio before signing his future visit to East Palestine the president defended his response to the crisis. I have spoken with every official in Ohio, Democrats and Republicans on 
uh, Democrats and Republicans on, on a continuous basis, he said, quote, we will be implementing an awful lot of thorough legislation. Uh, we will be implementing an awful lot through the legislation, Biden added. The reversal comes on the same day Republican Ohio Governor Mike DeWine called Biden to travel to the small village near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. Quote, Look, he should come, DeWine said during an appearance on Fox & Friends Thursday. Quote, There is no doubt about it. The president needs to come. The people want to see the president. He should be there, the governor added. Biden was ripped by East Palestine Mayor Trent Conaway and others last week for his secret, uh, his secret for the secret president's day trip to Ukraine and announced 500 million in aid to Kiev before touring the site of the derailment. Uh, yeah, he never went. Period. Now. My, uh, I guess uh, a, a big concern here is Biden knew about the derailment before he went to Ukraine and was already refusing to go. And he still decided, oh, I'm going to give Ukraine all this money, but not give, but I can't spare a fucking dime, a dime for any American. Go fuck yourself. She was just there laughing. Mm. Mm. Uh, quote, that was the biggest slap in the face, Conaway told Fox News. Uh, Jesse Water, uh, Jesse Wat, uh, buh, Waters, primetime. Well, shouldn't it be Jesse Walters? Primetime? Anyway. Last week, uh, quote, that tells you right now he doesn't care about us. The mayor continued, quote, he can send every agency he wants to, but I found out this morning he was in Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to the people over there and not us. On President's Day in our country, I'm so furious, he added. Biden later indicated that he wasn't invited to visit East Palestine before making arrangements to visit Kiev. You're the fucking president. You say, hey, I'm on the way, and you get on the fucking way, you dumbass. Quote, there was a lot. There was not a request for me to go out, even before I was heading over to Kiev, Biden told reporters last week before heading off to the Wilmington, Delaware residence for the weekend. Yeah, he spends a lot of time on that residence. Hmm. I gotta figure out what that is. Lights keep flickering. Now let's see. Let's read three comments. Got them right here. From Deplorable. The formerly cheap suit champion Chuck Schumer actually spent some money for new clothes. Looks like he goes to the Biden family tailor now. The question is, whose money did Chuck spend? That war in Ukraine paying great dividends for Democrats. It's a windfall. Based. Don A. Even looking at Schumer disgusts me. I get that. I get it. I guess the old boy network worked overtime a while back, helping Brooklyn Pastrami King from suffering any consequences to his rants about rage and uh, uh, rants and rage about harming the POTUS justices. He wasn't nice about it, but he gets so serious and soft-spoken at times with those ridiculous half-glasses half glasses down his nose. Time to retire, Mr. Schumer. 
take your government pension and Cadillac medical uh, coverage and head out of Dodge. It's It truly is time for term limits and a mandatory retirement age for federal government officials. Agreed. And the last one. Really? At this point, what difference does it make? He said his priorities and Ohio wasn't the wasn't one of them. We'll never forget, and no amount of phony compassion will change that. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And a thousand percent fucking based. Now, mm, now let's read one more article before we wrap it up here. EPA to require Norfolk Southern to test directly for dioxins in East Palestine, Ohio, by Julia Shapiro. Uh, Shapiro, my apologies. Published uh, March 2nd, 2023. The Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, said on Thursday that it will require Norfolk Southern to test for dioxins in East Palestine, Ohio, in the wake of last month's train derailment. Yeah, last month. Took you long enough to fucking get there, didn't it? The uh, the railroad company will also be required to conduct a background study comparing dioxin levels in eastern Palestine town, Ohio town, to those in other areas, and the EPA will continue sampling for indicator chemicals. Ow. The agency noted dioxins are persistent environmental pollutants with highly toxic potential, according to the World Health Organization. While the APA said on Thursday that its testing continues to suggest a, quote, low probability that dioxins were released from the incident, interesting because all the government, all the government testing finds, like, oh, it's not that bad. The independent ones are like, yeah, this is probably going to pose a serious issue, actually. Shit. While the APA said on Thursday that its testing continues to suggest a low probability for dioxins were released from the incident, the burning of vinyl chloride, a toxic substance used in the manufacturing of plastics, can create the pollutants, experts told the AP, or the Associated Press. After East Palestine derailment, officials conducted a controlled release and burn-off of vinyl chloride from several cars amid concerns about the potential explosion. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat, and J.D. Vance, a Republican, have previously expressed concerns to the state and government and federal EPA about dioxins. Over the last few weeks, I've sat with East Palestine residents and community leaders in their homes, business, churches, and schools. EPA Administrator Michael Regan said Thursday in a statement, quote, I've heard their, f- I've heard their fears and concerns directly. And I've pledged these experiences would inform the EPA's ongoing response efforts. Reagan previously vowed... Also, it's kind of ironic that there's a Reagan running this agency now. Reagan previously vowed that the agency would not second-guess anyone's experience as it responded to the derailment in the face of heavy criticisms over his administration's response to the incident. President Biden said on Thursday that he will visit East Palestine, quote, at some point... I've spoken with uh, with every official in Ohio, Democrat and Republican, on a continuing basis, as in Pennsylvania, Biden told the reporters at the Capitol, adding, quote, 
we will be implementing an awful lot through the legislation here, and I will be out there at some point by an also through his support behind bipartisan bill that would tighten federal oversight uh, of trains carrying hazardous materials. Quote, I applaud the bipartisan group senators for proposing rail safety legislation at uh, that provides many of the solutions that my administration has been calling for. He said Thursday in a statement. Ooh, true, but at this point, so late, you know. Now I wanted to show you one more clip, and then we'll wrap it up after this. Uh, Benny Johnson did an interview with two ladies. I think you might enjoy watching. All right, let's watch this real quick. I have it sped up. Now these three people, right? Benny went on the ground and he gave money to uh, he gave money and aid to the people who were immediately around the derailment site, like the closest houses. He gave a thousand dollars to like I think it was like twelve or fourteen of the closest houses. And these two ladies not only live and work within the area, but they are also well, they work with. They'll give you their experience. Who? What the hell am I doing? Sammy and Kristen, thank you so much for being on the program. <coughs> Maybe you can answer some much-needed questions for us, which is off the top. Is East Palestine, Ohio safe for human inhabitants right now? No, no. And the reason that we say that is because uh, I worked for the federal government for 12 years, nine on active duty in the Air Force. You always treat a hazard as IDLH. That means immediately dangerous to life and health until you have adequate sampling data, not just a one and done, to show that all forms of hazards, inhalation, absorption, and contact is at a safe limit. So until those test results are done appropriately, you have to treat it as a worst case scenario. So no, people should not be there. I was like a human test swab when my team and I went to East Palestine, Ohio. Most reporters haven't gone. We went. My throat was burning. My eyes were burning. My ears were burning. We developed a cough, myself and my cameraman, after leaving just a few hours on the ground. Uh, these people have been living inside of this toxic cloud, which was, at, by the way, Pete Buttigieg just called it a toxic cloud seconds ago. So everyone's in agreement that they nuked the town with toxic chemicals. We felt it ourselves. What were we feeling? In, with your professional expertise, what what was happening to us and, and, and what's happening to the people of East Palestine, Ohio right now? Well, that's a reaction from the different forms of exposure. So you were inhaling, you were exposed to inhalation hazards of not only the vinyl chloride, but we know that there were 45 different chemicals on this particular train. So when they did this controlled, it was really an uncontrolled controlled burn. And we'll explain Jesus. that in a minute. Um, but you were exposed, directly exposed to inhalation hazards and different chemicals, of course, cause different uh, reactions. And there are different forms of um, in interaction with our body. So you can you can inhale, you can absorb, you can ingest. Um, but you guys were directly inhaling that plume from the recently burned toxic uh, makeup of several different chemicals. So you should have consulted with us. We could have helped you with your PPE. <laughs> Probably should have. So this wasn't a controlled burn. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. I'll let you explain so, that. Okay, so my background, I worked in bioenvironmental engineering in the Air Force. And when you were dealing with, you know, the burn pits that you probably heard about, that was my career field that exposed that. So there's a difference between just willfully, improperly getting rid of hazardous waste and burning it. And then there is hazardous waste disposal uh, companies that come in and they do proper burns. It's controlled, meaning they control the amount of oxygen because it deals with reaction without getting too technical. It's controlled so they know how to control the release. And this situation, we don't know until we get the after action report and we can't Monday morning quarterback, but I can understand why they did it the way that they did if they did not have time to properly 
do a controlled burn. So what they did is they punctured and drained it down into a trench and the, the weather conditions was good that day to make the plume go upward instead of it exploding and going outward with shrapnel into the breathing zone. But until we get that after action report, we won't understand why that decision was made. We can just say that we know conditions in which that would be done. But in a real world situation, say an abandoned rail car or an underground storage tank, there's a way to properly do it to where it's not releasing the same hazard into the atmosphere. Well, and, and let me just add to that real quickly. The, the reason that they would have maybe felt that they had to burn um, instead of just, you know, allow it to just sit there was because the internal pressure or the temperature could have been building to the point where it could have caused an explosion. And that would have been fatal for the townspeople. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I mean, obviously nobody wanted this situation. This is a bad situation to be in. Everyone's aware of that. But what bad is happening to the townspeople right now? If you were in charge, what would you be telling them? Would you be evacuating? I yes. would evacuate them. And we have something called the ERG, the Emergency Response Guide, NIOSH Pocket Guide, uh, that stands for the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, because this is more of an occupational exposure. This is where we see these incidences. But we basically have these go-to quick grab guides. And it will tell you how big of a cordon or an evacuation zone you need to do based on the hazard. So we had a chemical hazard, and then we had an explosion hazard. So one, I would still let everyone evacuate. I would have declared uh, a disaster so that we had FEMA, Red Cross, all the government support that Ukraine is getting. And it would be given to those people in East Palestine, and they would be housed at least 100 to 150 miles um, in the opposite direction of the hazard. So there's upwind and downwind exposure. So they would also um, be told before the burn, they got five minutes through a text message notification to say, we're doing a burn and then shelter in place. No. But I'm didn't sorry, tell can them. I stop you? Yes, no, I saw have... the text from uh, Courtney Miller. You may have seen her on Tucker Carlson as yes. the woman who threw the rock into the river. They had five minutes notice before they were going to do this burn, which is really a very egregious and inappropriate response by the EPA because they did not provide the people with enough time to shelter in place. I mean, think about it. Moms pushing strollers down the sidewalks, people playing with their dogs in the dog park, kids at school, grocery shopping. You don't have enough time in five minutes to get back home. And then they were told to shelter in place, but they were not told how to shelter in place. So all of the contaminants that were released through this burn with multiple chemicals are now inside of everyone's homes on every surface settled into the floors because the HVAC systems were not turned off. They, they should have been told, turn off your HVAC system, turn off your furnace, tape and seal doors and windows and cover vents, but they were not told anything. And so there was no point in them being even being in their homes because everything that was released outdoors has been pulled indoors. And so these people were not only exposed to the acute exposure, which is that immediate, you know, a massive exposure all at once that's called an acute exposure, but they are now being exposed repeatedly with a chronic exposure long-term. So this is a, this is an area that needs to be completely evacuated still. And I just, want, I just want to point out that one of our colleagues, Stephen Petty, people may have seen his viral video, he's in the red beanie. He's the goat of our profession, I'll just say that. So yeah. he's down there doing the proper sampling. And in an occupational setting, whether it's EPA or OSHA coming into a business, we're embedded in or contracted for, if they come in to inspect us, every round of sampling they do, we have to do the same sampling side by side because they have a track record of finding things they want to find and ignoring things they want to ignore. So the EPA had um, turned their eye and let this, um, I think it's HEPICO, the, the railroad, the railroad, excuse me, their contractor, they can test to get the results they want, which is why they did instantaneous readings instead of calculating what we call a time-weighted average. So it's exposure over time when the same contaminants sh uh, share the same hazard to the target organ. So just think you have 10 chemicals that are volatile organic compounds and all 10 of them attack the liver. That's called synergistic toxicity or cumulative dose. So you're saying that the longer that they keep people here in this toxic dump, that they, greater the probability, the multiplication tables just increase exponentially for- Absolutely, absolutely.
Yes, absolutely. These people should leave immediately if they're able to, because they don't know how to properly decontaminate their homes. And just the process of decontaminating their homes, now that we know all these chemicals are inside of every home and every business, because they were not properly sealed off, uh, they are, every time they walk on the carpets, they let babies crawl on the carpets, they're just re-aerosolizing and recontaminating the breathing air. And so these people are being exposed continuously every day. It wasn't just that one acute exposure from the burn. It's a continuous exposure now because the government told them it was okay for them to come back in. And so they need to leave. They need to completely leave because their homes have not been properly decontaminated. And they're walking outside and they're bringing it into their homes. And that's why I always tell people when I do uh, hazardous materials training, treat the contaminant like blood. So envision that everything around you has blood on it and then treat it that way. So if you wear your shoes outside, you got to leave them at the door and no one is being given this proper risk communication. And that's the real crime, right? It's mass criminal negligence. And we know that the EPA knows it because they've trained us. So having gone there and having seen the people that are most affected, and I suppose the, the, the radius for this is probably miles, uh, perhaps. Um, I wouldn't actually know, but seeing the people right next to the burn, which is where we went, uh, those people don't have the capacity to put themselves up in a hotel. No, right. It's a, non, it's a non-scientific yeah. question, but it's, it's. I mean, if their homes are contaminated, what you're telling me is that they've effectively neutralized any value in these people's houses. Absolutely. And if we can bring hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants across the border, shelter them, put them up, feed them, clothe them, send them to college for free for crying out loud, I don't get that treatment as a citizen. There is no reason we cannot take a very small town of those people who are in that burn area and downwind and move them to an area where we can put them in hotels, provide food and clothing and shelter. There's absolutely no reason the federal government cannot do this when we treat citizens of other countries better. Yeah, that are Afghan refugees. I mean, the Afghan refugees are being treated yeah. better than these people. In yes. yes. So, okay, so, I mean, when are we gonna have to find this out? When they start healing over of cancer, of liver cancer? I mean, like, what is the recourse here? Pete Buttigieg is there today. If Pete Buttigieg was uh, live streamed into this show, what would you tell him? Well, I would say resign. Yes. And um, I also believe that the residents, like I said, they need to take their HVAC filters if they still have them from the first five days after that burn and cut up corners like outside corners and in the middle, put them in a baggie or take the whole thing and put it in a trash bag, tie it up, save it for later. You can't necessarily use that in litigation because it has to have chain of custody. But if you can start on your phones or whatever paper you have, you know, start documenting your symptoms. Even if it's just a headache, say like on this day, a headache, how long it lasted, shortness of breath, my eyes were burning. People need to document this because what they do is they look at an average they look at trends in the area and that's how you get um dose because remember the burden of proof is not on the people the right. sampling should have been done correctly right away we're talking it's been what 20 days now three weeks yes yeah. so had they done the testing they could have done an emergent turnaround time with the lab within four to five business days got mm -hmm. the data back to say you can yep. go back and then hired uh with through bids of non-governmental hazardous waste cleanup uh, crews because you're going to get the best outcome and they could have decon the homes and they could have returned and now our colleague, Stephen Petty, certified industrial hygienist, chemical engineer, he's doing those samplings right now. Uh, he lives in Ohio and in Florida, so he was ready to go. Wow. Okay. So what, what is a Superfund site? Uh, this is a term that I've learned quite recently. Um, and would this apply to East Palestine, Ohio? Yeah, so super fun site. There's something before that called the Nationals Priority Listing. It's where hazardous assessments are conducted to figure if there's just so much contamination of land, just to kind of dumb it down. If a site is so contaminated, it's certain uh, federal funds and through court action funds from the guilty parties are designed to clean up this area. And it can take a very long time to clean up a super fun site. And sometimes like abandoned uh, military installations have super fun sites from underground storage tanks leak leaking. Um, the government can seize that property. It just depends if it uh, has restoration capabilities or not. But super fun mm -hmm. sites, um, happen all around the world. Most of the time you see them with oil spills or radiological exposures. Um, but it, it's something I think that needs to really be looked at because these mm -hmm. poor people have completely lost their home values. Yeah. So you're, you're saying that this entire town, I mean, you would just cordon off this entire city? 
Yeah, it should be uninhabitable right now. Wow. And it's going to get worse before it gets better because it's going to continue to leach down yep. into the soil. Yeah, the it's, mm-hmm. it, is, it sounds apocalyptic, and we don't try, mm-hmm. we're not trying yeah. to be alarmist. We're not. And it, I probably wouldn't care so much if we hadn't physically gone there ourselves. But what mm-hmm. is the word? You know, what in the worst possible scenario is happening right now in slow motion uh, that could be affecting these people? Well, it's, it's, it's the long-term chronic exposure that they're being exposed to in their homes. And we know this is going to lead to cancers, neurological and degenerative diseases. And pregnant women are a big concern for us We know because we know that this affects, it's mutagenic, these are mutagenic and teratogenic. Um, because of the synergistic toxicity, we know that this is going to cause long-term damage and it could possibly cause uh, miscarriages and birth defects. So what is the recourse to try and like get this information? I mean, we're obviously covering it here, but there are people that are still living there and no, nobody seems to be acting with the kind of urgency uh, that the two of you are. And it sounds well, like your I, colleague, I've seen that video, yeah. it's gone viral, your colleague in the red hat testing the water. So it sounds like we'll be getting some independent information mm-hmm. soon. Um, is it yeah, and we, can, and we can come back on and provide you with updates because the testing he's collecting is being done right now. But what you can do now is go to we, the PatriotsUSA.org. I'm a volunteer and podcast host for that organization. We are suing the EPA to force them to do their jobs correctly. Hmm. Good. Well, Godspeed to you. We need a lot more of that. And thank you for actually caring about these people. They're truly forgotten people and it's very, very sad and they need our help. It is. Well, thank you for providing a platform yes. because this information is something that the EPA does not want to get out. Yes. Yeah. And thank you for having us to help us get this information out and share what the government will not share. Yes. Yes. Of course. That's speaking truth to power, not power to truth, right? What right. I, what, right. What the corporate press do all day. Thank right. you again uh, for all of your uh, assistance here, Tammy and Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, and the train derailment thing seems to be happening a lot more lately. And I'll be getting an episode above that too. Apparently, I'm just not catching word that there was a train derailment in Detroit. And apparently, one or two of these train cars was carrying toxic chemicals on it. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I don't have, a go- I don't have to go do some research, so I'll catch you guys later. Peace. Campaign 80. Which message will resonate with voters? Let's talk better mileage. Kill the bastards.